The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hi, everybody. I've had an absolute blast recording your championship intros on audio and also on video. And for those of you that didn't know, the videos can be done special exactly the way you like them because these are green screens and we can do them with a scene behind me. Do you want a fighting scene? Do you want a beach scene? Do you want a race car scene? Any scene you want, we can give it to you. It's your theme and my pleasure. Just write our offices and we will answer you with the exact fee involved and how it'll get done. So here we are, and now it's time, and it's your choice. Cheers! From the shores of Malibu where the waves are pumping, to the Great Wall of China, and back to the streets of Las Vegas where the UFC is coming, we are live. This is It's Time Radio, the show where we talk about what you think about but may be afraid to voice. Do not worry, we will voice it for you. We talk about everything on its time. Film, TV, politics, UFC, sex, drugs, rock and roll. It's no holes barred radio, folks. That's what we're all about here. And we talk about winners, and we have winners on the show. And aside from my co-host, TJ DeSantis, winner. Aside from myself, hopefully a winner. We have a true winner, a champion winner. Somebody I love as a fighter, I admire and consider a friend as a person. And it's so great to have her on the show. No one else but Thug Rose Nobayunas. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Rose. Hey. <laughs> so good to have you on. I'm sure you've been like inundated with interview requests and God knows what. Um, yeah. the, the obvious question to you, Rose, is, you know, every time you accomplish what you accomplish in the octagon, I'm sure it takes you to a higher level and a higher level. You were at Madison Square Garden, the most famous arena in the world. The show overall was one of the most amazing UFCs ever. And then to culminate into you doing what you did. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. I have so much respect for Whaley, not saying yeah. and it's so much respect for her, but you defeated a monster and you've done yeah. it twice. How's yeah, it feel? How's it feel? The, she was definitely the best version of uh, Whaley that I've ever seen, especially that night. Um, it'll be interesting to see what she can do from this point on. Cause a lot of the times it's like, uh, I almost feel like when I, similar to how I rematched, um, Joanna, where when she came back, uh, she, I felt like that was the best Joanna, like peak Joanna, um, even before, like I knocked her out. And, um, and then after that, I mean, she still had some decent performances, but I felt like that was definitely, I seen the best version of Joanna at that moment. And, um, uh, it, it's just, it'll be, I feel like that was the same thing with, with Whaley this time. And it'll be interesting to see, can she get that bucked up again or, or can she get even better or will, will, will she sort of plateau from here on out? It'll be, we'll see. Hey, Rose, you mentioned uh, Ioana and, and getting the best out of her and the same sort of situation with with uh, Wei Li. Did, did you feel like you could draw on any of that experience from the, the first go-arounds with, with Ioana in this similar situation with, with Wei Li? Yeah, um, I realized that, uh, well, I definitely had more 
confidence going into this one than I did the rematch with Ioana. I, I felt like, um, yeah, I, but I think I was a little more motivated um, going into the fight with Ioana than I was going into this rematch with Whaley. I sort of had to make Whaley bigger than maybe what she really was in order to like kind of buck myself up because I honestly didn't really want to make that ring. I didn't feel as though she was as dominant as Joanna as a champion. I didn't feel like she totally deserved it, mm. but, um, you know, she does have a huge audience. Um, she is also very dangerous. So, um, in that sense, I do feel like she, she was worthy of, you know, if, if not the first contender, definitely the second. So, you know, I just didn't want to get in a position where, I refused to fight her because I didn't feel she deserved it. And then they got to replace her, replace somebody else with her. And then right. I, yeah. right, <laughs> you know? right. so I felt like I had to just take her out right then and there, even though I didn't really want to. <laughs> can, can I just say here real quick, Bruce, you already sort of mentioned it, that Rose obviously is the champion of the strawweight division, but is a champion of winning. And the reason that I actually find that to be very honest is the, you know, honesty that she just said about, you know, having this rematch, but, but the confidence level that she said that she had brought, brought into it. And that's one thing, Rose, like, again, I'm not a 115 pound woman, but I'm inspired by you because your power of self-belief, like the, the zone that you go into when you fight it's it's it makes me want to be a better person honestly like you are inspiring people it also it also rose when i'm announcing you <clears throat> when the world is watching you and your last fight before this with whaley and you're standing there and you're saying i'm the best mm -hmm. i'm yeah. the best that got worldwide recognition and i remember the first time you're doing when i was announcing because i'm always looking into the eye of the tiger you're in your zone i'm in my zone i don't even hear the audience i'm just looking at you right yeah and i was actually blown away with positivity and respect announcing you and seeing you say that it actually took me to another level i go oh my god i mean i, <laughs> I love this girl to begin with this now it's like she's reaching a whole new plateau and yeah. every time i see you fight i think you do reach a new plateau it's like you're just getting better and better and better and um i i know from people i talk to women i talk to who love you i mean you're such a role model um you're my kind of fighter i mean you're my it's like everything you do it's like i think it's great i think it's awesome yeah. i appreciate that yeah um and what's great about what's great about now is that i feel as though i have a lot to work with to even get better and better um so that's that's really exciting for me and um because that's that's always the challenge is is just you know constant self-improvement <laughs> You know, that, that is one thing, Rose, like you're, you're, you know, believing in yourself and, and you're telling yourself these positive affirmations. How do you handle, you know, the the adulation from others? You're like, we're, we're complimenting you here. And, you know, I, I, I can't I don't want to butter your bread more than we already have. But like this is a sport where bigger is always badder. And you're one of the baddest people in the sport. And you're a 115 pound woman like this doesn't happen in the 80s. It doesn't happen in the 90s. Like, yeah. you, how, how do you process all of that? Um, it's tough sometimes, you know, I, especially because I'm like my biggest critic and I never, I'm, I, I come from a, like a generational negative generational thing where Lithuanians, I think are very, um, nothing's ever good enough. And we're very, uh, hard on ourselves and we're, um, the, it's always like the glasses have full kind of a thing. <laughs> so, uh, that's definitely something that is 
something that I've had to grow and get accustomed to. And it's still something that I'm always dealing with. But uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I appreciate it. It's truly inspiring. Like no, no lie uh, when we say that. And uh, let's get into the X's and O's of this fight a little bit, though, because yeah. it was a phenomenal fight. One that I actually thought was better for your stock, because when you, when you beat Ioana, people sort of thought, oh, OK, it was maybe a, a bit of a fluke. You know, she stopped her quick. Um, and then the same thing with, with Zhang Weili. And this fight was nitty gritty back and forth. One that I honestly wasn't certain what the judges were going to say. I, I thought you had done enough to win. I was actually surprised none of the judges gave you round one. Um, even though you were taken down, I thought you controlled the the you know majority of the round prior to that. And then you know I thought you finished strong and showed well uh, on the floor. Do you look at the scorecards and sort of figure out why the judges rewarded you in the in the way that they did? And do you actually like do any data analysis of that? Before you answer, Rose. I, I, I really watch you. Okay. I watch the fighters in the octagon, even before I announce. you knew you won. I think you knew you won. I knew I think, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you had, maybe it would have been the split or whatever, but you're, you're everything I saw on your See, face. That's, that's the power of self-belief, right, Bruce? Self-belief is so I'm the best. I'm yeah. The best. But you know what? It's one thing to say you're the best. It's another thing to prove you're the best. It's another thing to perform at your best. When her performance was over, she knew. I know you and, knew Rose. Yeah. And and here's the thing is um, in the moment, I'm not thinking about the scorecards. I'm not thinking about which rounds or what, you know, like, because especially because it was so close, like I have to be able to make um, decisions in a split second. I can't be thinking about what happened in the last round. If I do, um, then that throw, like that kind of makes my decision-making a little bit off. And I mean, sometimes it, those thoughts might creep in, but for the most part, my job is to stay in the present moment. But after uh, it's, I'm more concerned about like, breaking her will you know what I mean and there was a moment in the fourth round where I mean we were sort of talking back and forth to each other I'm the best she's saying I'm the best and then she would eventually say I'm the champion and and then uh it's funny because you know I caught her with a really nice overhand right right after she said that <laughs> and uh and I kind of was like yeah <laughs> are you still a champion you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like you want to say that again and then uh and it's funny because I felt like at that moment, she, she was like, damn, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't over. Like she was definitely gonna, she was game at any moment if I would have let up. But, uh, but I felt that was the breaking point. And then the fifth round was like, oh yeah, <laughs> this is the, the, she can't get up from under me. And I, I just knew it, you know? Um, and so, and then it's still, I still was sort of in that moment. Uh, and I also know like judges can, scored any which way and and things happen so it that was that's fun, that's out of my control but as far as breaking her spirit I felt as though I did that and I accomplished it and that's why I was walking around the way that I was I wasn't like let me I mean you know when fighters sometimes do the thing where let me act like I won so I could like you know right. I, just, right. I wasn't thinking about that I was like no she's sitting over at her corner right now she's not this isn't her octagon right now. <laughs> like she's talking to them. Like, so what do you guys think? Kind of a thing. That's what I've that energetically speaking. That's what I felt from her. I was like, Oh yeah, it's mine. <laughs> Man, Rose is a boss buff. No, she's a boss, you know, and she proves yeah. it. Obviously we all know that, you know, when you, um, when you walk in there, you own it, Rose, mm -hmm. keep it, you own it and you're keeping it now. I mean, two time, you know, women's strawweight world champion. I mean, what better credits are there in the world than that? It's yeah. incredible. Everybody's throwing out Carlos Sparza's name as your next opponent. Yeah. Uh, they can throw out what they want. 
Call us bars of rose. Is that, that what you want? I would, I would love that. I really would love that, especially because I, I believe that I would get the best Carla's like at this moment oh, yeah. as well. So, um, yeah, uh, I heard Dana said they have options, but I'm like, I don't know what they're thinking, but go for the gold. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. That's, that's, that's what I want. And, um, I'm, I'm happy to prove and, and show the world how much I've gotten better since we first fought. And, well, um, you know, the interesting yeah. fight with Carla, what I think would be great is, you know, we all know that she's the powerful wrestler that she is. I mean, you know, you're a black belt in Taekwondo. You're, you're a true mixed martial artist. You're black belt in another form of karate. I'm not sure which one. Yeah. And of course, you're brown belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Now you've got the wrestler coming at you and we know Carla's going to try to take you down, take you down, take you down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a height difference with her, if I'm not incorrect, being five, one or five, two and you at five, five. So she's going to come in low, you know? Yeah. You're going to be sprawling back and reacting however you react. Yeah. Um, you welcome that kind. Do you, do you, would you rather have a ground game fight or would you rather have a stand up knockout? Let's do this. Punch each other. Silly. I would, um, whatever the situation is, I would, um, I, I, I love mixed martial arts. I love the ground. I love the striking. I love the clinch. I love the wall. Um, so it, it's, um, I would love to just control every position, control myself, and, and whether that be defending her takedowns, whether that be, um, you know, distance management or mm -hmm. against the fence or whatever. Right. Um, yeah, ultimate, uh, ultimate control. So in your mind, uh, having come off this stellar performance at the world's most famous arena <laughs> and <laughs> one of the best, greatest UFC events ever got, it's just such a gold medal all the way around. It's amazing. Yeah. How much of a break do you want? I mean, when, you know, I know UFC calls and you're, you're, you'll probably fight tomorrow morning. If you had to, you're that kind of fighter. You're in shape 365 days a year. You're great trainers and Trevor Whitman and Pat Barry. And by the way, I love Trevor's gloves. He had a yeah. set made for me. Those are awesome gloves. I love those. Um, so what, what in your mind, I'm sure you want to take some time, perfect time of you with the holidays and family and all that goes with it. When do you want to go back to work, Rose? When, when would be your prime time? I mean, November and April has always been like a really good schedule for me. Um, and that's sort of historically what's, you know, normally, uh, you know, the time in between my fights have been on average, but uh, uh, I'm also open to, to coming in a little sooner. Um, it just, I would just for sure have to evaluate those emotions of mine because I definitely like, I'm itching to, to get right back to it. But I also know that that's just, like, I don't know if that's just emotions or um, whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But the earliest, the earliest I could say is possibly February or March, but more realistically, maybe it would be April. So I just, yeah, I got to talk with my team. Yeah, I, I think you've earned that right to sort of, oh, you know, right. maybe call your shot a little bit and pick the, the schedule. You know, going back to a potential uh, a Sparza fight, it would be a rematch. You guys closed out the Ultimate Fighter, crowning a, a, a champion for the first time at, at Strawweight in the UFC with that fight. You know, looking back at that first meeting, Rose, do you feel that Carla has changed and progressed as a fighter as much as you have? Would she be a different opponent uh, on, on a new night? Um, She's definitely improved a lot. And, um, it might even be hard to see like quite all the improvements that she's made just because um, it's not like she, she's not adding like any, like, I shouldn't say any, she's not adding as diverse of tools and skill sets that I've added to my arsenal. Um, but she just sharpened the ones that she's got 
tremendously. And while adding maybe a few other little grenades or different, you know, knives to the collection, but, uh, she's, she's definitely improved. I think, especially in her last fight, um, with her, you know, uh, ground and pound and, um, her sort of crucifix position, um, little details, uh, on the ground I've noticed. And, you know, I've seen her in her, her other fights before that one on the ground where she, I think her jujitsu has, has gotten better. And, um, striking wise, uh, that one, I'd have to go back in and out, analyze a little bit more. Um, I think she just sort of does her little blitzes a little you know, cleaner and stuff. And her timing is just more finesse, but, um, overall she has improved. I just feel as though I've improved a lot more and, uh, I have so much more to go as well. You know, when you say that and all the opponents that you've had, I mean, one of the things that we notice about Whaley is her power, you know, her, her, her physique is so obviously powerful <clears throat> and all the people that you've gone against, how was the power in her punches Rose? Was she one of the hardest hitters you've, you've gone against? No. Andrade by far is the hardest hitter. Um, even even like Andrade's low kicks, I think were a little harder than than Whaley's. Um, Whaley's low kicks were definitely um, the hardest strikes that she landed in that fight. But none of her punches, even like the one where it shows me like stumbling backwards, that hit me right in my armpit. Uh, if you look at it in a slow motion, and um, so yeah, I was actually sort of surprised by the lack of like I thought it was going to be a little more uh power behind her punches if you run into them yes she yeah. definitely like in her range she has that power but um when she has to go at you she she doesn't um generate that much well the beauty of your physique <clears throat> at five five is your long limb so you can control distance with almost any fighter you come up against um yeah. obviously when you come up against Carla you're going to have a very big a distance you know advantage yes. and that's that's a huge advantage in a fight as we all know yeah work yeah. correctly well, not everybody works their length advantages correct oh it's it's much easier said than done for some oh, yeah, i know i know i know for sure especially when when uh whaley is really good at pulling you in you know that's that's something that uh i don't even know if it's i don't know what in particular she's doing but she she makes it look like you you need to like come at her when right. really if I were to just like sat back and did nothing, it would have been a really boring fight, but she would have just, she wouldn't have been able to touch me at all. And I probably, it would have been a way easier fight for me if I would have been a little smarter and just sat back. But I was, I don't know. I just wanted to hit her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Um, when we talk, when I talk to fighters such as yourself, it's, I love talking about the fight, but I love knowing more about the person, you know, yeah. and um, you're a very intriguing, very interesting, fascinating person to me and when i think ahead you know at 29 years old the what i want to hear millions of dollars in your future all that you're going to make you're probably how first off the obvious question everybody asks you do you see yourself fighting past 35 do you see yourself fighting Definitely. a long time what are you what is your plans for the future and what is your passion goal if, if any for when you're done fighting what would you like to do or preparing for when that happens when you put your guns away yeah, I would say um, fighting, I don't really have like a specific uh, plan as far as um, this is this is when I'm going to do it. But um, I do have probably, I would say about like three more years to sort of figure things out uh, at the max, I would say just because, well, I, I don't know. 
I can't say for sure. It's so, so weird. Cause, cause also like leading up to this fight, I was like, I had a, I had like a eye injury scare that it, it turned out to be okay. But I thought like, I was wondering, is this like a career ending thing? Was it a retina injury? Yeah. And it, and it turned <clears throat> out to not be, it was like a false diagnosis, but I literally for the, like for 24 hours, I thought I was not going to fight ever again. Scary feeling. I've had wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and then to like get back into gear after that and find out everything's fine. And then what, you know what I mean? <laughs> that was yeah. tough. But, uh, so, so like I said, you never know, like, um, with what we do, you can suffer an injury that can make, you know, nothing's ever guaranteed in the sport. Um, but I could see myself fighting for, you know, two to three more years and, um, accomplish certain goals. I would really like to, you know, uh, establish myself as, as like, you know, the best straw weight ever. And then from there, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see. But, uh, ultimately though, I, I want to be a farmer. Like that's, that's what I want to, oh. I want to, uh, build Earthship MMA academies. Earthships are these like self-sustaining houses that I've been, you know, really into for a long time. Very uh, cool. Yeah. I went to Indonesia to build them and, they're they're really cool. It's been my dream. So that's something that I want to do, and I want to integrate it into to MMA somehow, and and kind of maybe give other fighters an outlet. You know, something that because there's a lot of fighters that I think once they're done fighting, they don't know what to do with themselves. Oh yeah, and, the most yeah. actually. So maybe and or maybe even during in between fighting, you know, having sort of a situation where giving um, fighters something else to do that can help decompress in between. But <laughs> That's such a pay it forward attitude. I love it. Um, yeah. Listen, I'm good for at least another 10 years. So hang with me for a little while. We please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'll be around. <laughs> so when you say self, self-sustaining houses, is that what you said? Yeah. Can you elaborate a little more on what that would be? Just like a little, you know, yeah. dissertation, a little model. So there's um, so, you know, we have our basic necessities as uh, human beings. We got food, shelter, heat, uh, water, sanitation, um, heating, uh, so, so this, this particular house, um, is it uses also like materials that it uses, uh, recycled tires and things, um, in the, in the structure itself that kind of functions as multiple different uses and, um, just different, uh, uh, supplies and things that just go to the landfill and they're recycled. And then it, uh, recycles water. You have plants in your house. You can have a banana tree in your house. You know what wow. I mean? Um, and, and then you, everything is, everything is on site. Like, so the way that it works is you, you, uh, you treat your own sewage, you, um, collect your own energy, you know, everything is designed to where it's, we're, we're modeling, we're looking at the trees and how they, you know, take, take, and then give, like, it's just remodeling, you know, the, the way a home should be. It's, we shouldn't be just taking from the earth. We should all, it should just kind of. Absolutely. To me, to me, it sounds like if you don't have like uh, internet technology, you live in a place like that COVID hits, you don't even know it happens because you're just self-sustaining. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. That could keep a positive attitude going forever to stay away from all the stuff going on in the right. world. But considering yeah. what is going on in the world with climate control and all the, all the ruination of air and everything that, you know, we're doing as human beings. Very opportune, yeah. Rose. Very opportune. No question. Yeah, and um, and it's cool because right now the reason 
um, it, there's, there's, they're doing so many cool things, Earth, Earthship Biotexture, they're um, going to like third world countries and, and building them there because they're finding that they, they're earthquake resistant and hurricane resistant. Wow. Um, yeah. And so. Sounds like the perfect home. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially, um, yeah. So it's really cool. And they're, they go to these third world countries because in America, they, they build them here, but it's so much of a slower process because of like all the permits we got to go right. through bureaucracy and things. And it's just such a new idea that it's just like, it takes a while. Certain places are faster than others. Like Colorado's perfect. Um, but but uh there's this they had this um th they're building an earthship school in haiti and they're like raising money for for that and um actually ariel hawani like uh kind of brought attention to it for me and uh and we ended up getting like a donor to to donate the whole the whole uh kind of goal that they were reaching to build it so i was like dang i should probably promote this a little more because could get a lot more done <laughs> uh, i was just gonna say while you're talking like that i'm thinking where's elon musk when you need him i mean I know, you, I know. he's in space i think he's like yeah he's going yeah. around the orbits no yeah, i know but still i mean he's the kind of guy that he can find <laughs> right this, you know yeah, he, he it, just he just sold five billion dollars in stock yeah, yeah. i mean Take a billion of that, or even a half, or a hundred million, and let's right. do something like this. I mean, this is See, definitely. R Rose is right. All the, all these assholes are trying to leave the world. We should probably <laughs> focus on making the world a better place. <laughs> no, I, that, that always bothers me. Like I, I, I get like I have nothing but you know respect for people that I, I'm not that smart as far as like going to space and all this stuff. But I just don't understand why everybody's doing that. And it's like there's so much like. There's so much we could be doing here and make this the, the earth a beautiful place. So, yeah. Wonderful attitude, Rose. All the more reason why you're just a, a, such a supreme role model for the people watching. And see, inspiring. Yeah, the most inspiring, inspiring champion. Inspiring, I'm telling you, it's Rose Namajunas. No, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Rose, we're taking up your time. I don't want to take up too much of your time. I'm just so proud to have you on the show. And I'm just, you know, aside from your friend, I'm a big fan. <laughs> big fan. <laughs> yeah. I love announcing you. I love your nickname. I love the whole nine yards. It's just, it's an incredible. I love you announce me. That's the best. <laughs> oh, thank you, Rose. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. I want to wish you happy holidays and yeah. take time for yourself. Enjoy. Yeah. You know, you're, you've given all of us your blood, sweat, and tears. Take time for yourself, Rose. Will do. Will do. Happy okay. holidays, guys. Happy holidays. Same to you, Rose. Thank you. Thank See you me. so much, Rose. Take care. All right, Take bye -bye. care, champ. Woohoo, champ. Yeah. <laughs> All right, see you. Cheers. Bye-bye. You know, uh, she, she talks about wanting to become the best straw weight uh, of all time. I mean, getting that win over Asparza would, would definitely go to further that. I mean, it's, it's the one of the, the losses she has that uh, is not avenged. But honestly, Bruce, like, I don't know much more that she would have to actually do to lay claim to being the greatest uh, straw weight uh, of all time. Obviously, Yuana is still in that conversation, but she, she's beaten her twice. Uh, Zhang Wei Li, a lot of people expected her to sort of carry that mantle and carry the division into the future. Well, Rose had something to say about it. Like if you're set, if you're not at least entertaining that Rose is one fight away from being the greatest 115 pound champion in the UFC's history, uh, I think that you're, you know, just not paying attention. I agree on all counts and the proof is in the pudding and she's certainly got a big dish of pudding in front of her that she's created. And when you, when you think about the fact that uh, if she beats like Amanda Nunes is the goat. In yeah. The Okay, we can't argue that point at all. Yeah. And Rose is walking through the division, but before that can be said, she's got to get through Carla. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. I mean, there's an unfinished business there for Rose. 
with all respect to Carl and all she's done. And I'm sure Rose would admit the same thing, as humble and as a great yeah. champion as she is. I mean, th- that's the thing. Getting a win back for, for athletes in their journey, it, it's really important. And, you know, Rose, I think, is not necessarily um, campaigning for it, but you can tell she wants that win back. When you brought it up, she immediately said, like, I, I want... I mean, it sounded like she honestly wanted that fight maybe more than uh, this rematch with Zhang Wei-Li. So, um, I, I just... I firmly believe that Rose is, especially, you know, beating Yuan than giving her an immediate rematch. Same thing with Zhang Weili. Like, I feel that if anybody deserves to sort of pick their next fight, it'd be Rose Namajuna. She deserves that opportunity to maybe go and get what she wants in her next bout. Well, you know, she would agree with you in all accounts. She has that wonderful, humble attitude being the champion of the world that she is. There's no cockiness in Rose, you know. No, all, no. It's so, it's so, I love it. I mean, her personality is so refreshing considering, so refreshing. you know, what she does for a living because it's not exactly the typical uh, sort of uh, verbose bravado of, of champions. You know, like, I'm not knocking this man by, by any means, but look at the way Kamara Usman handles himself and look at the way that Rose Namajunas handles herself. They're just cut from two different cloths and yeah. both are great in, in their own yeah. ways. But totally. I, I love, I love the personality and persona that Rose Namajunas has. Well, I love it too, because, you know, we talked about her current situation. And then when I asked her, as you know, I love to find out what, what makes fighters tick. What, when she said what her future, what it holds, that whole pay it forward attitude, yeah. you know, which could also turn into an extremely profitable situation, marketed and, and managed. Oh, seriously. Correctly. Yeah. But that's not where her head's at. It's like, this no. is what I want to do. I mean, she's now making, I would have to assume, great money after last Saturday. She's making more money right now than she ever will in any other venture in in her life. And that's one thing too, Bruce, that when athletes get to that, you know, point in their lives, they don't ever want to lose it. And sometimes when their uh, talent and skills sort of, you know, gradually recedes because, you know, father time always trumps uh, all, uh, they're always chasing it. I, I think when Rose feels like her time is done, she's going to shift gears and not look back. And, and that is something that is really exciting because, as you said, most fighters just have no idea how to carry on with, without active you know, competition in their lives. Yeah, and I'm not putting them down by saying that. It's because they spent their whole lives training. Right. You know, it's an identity. Say. I mean, especially when you look at these, you know, Division One wrestlers, these guys that have been wrestling, you know, prior to mixed martial arts, going back to single digits in age. It's like when they don't have a fight to prepare for, it's like, well, why am I waking up in the morning? No disrespect to their families and their lives. But like w- when you have a date on the calendar of your next meet or your next you know, championship fight or your next right. uh, conquest, it's really hard to wake up in the morning and, and just be a guy on a Monday. I agree. Well, Elon Musk, if you're listening, uh, Joe Rogan, you've got his personal phone number. If you happen to be listening, somebody make a call to this man and talk to Rose. This idea is right up his alley. So. Seriously. Yeah. And, right and it's funny. Rose, you know, brings it up like these billionaires are leaving the world. Well, maybe we need to focus on the world a little bit more before we try to get off it. Yeah. Well, they're leaving. But you know what? They're all going to come back. Well, they have <laughs> so, no choice. They have no choice. You can't go to Mars yet. Exactly. Well, you know, Rose fought on one of the greatest cars for me personally. I've ever announced and one of the greatest cars, I think. Uh, MMA fans, UFC fans. Yeah. Hey, can I say, Bruce, like this card on paper looked like it was going to be the best card of the year. And when you have a card that looks so good on paper, I mean, generally we're we're left a little bit disappointed. Even if those fights are still good, it's hard to live up to the hype. You know what I mean? You're backing up what I say all the time. People go, oh, this card's bleh. Right? Right. It always delivers. Right. It always delivers. Right. And then when it looks like it's going to deliver, it comes up a little At bit short because your expectations are so high. Yeah, but the UFC has been banging it out of the park. These shows have been amazing. It's, th- it's this amazing. card 
this card was the best uh, actual card I've ever seen where it looked just as good on paper. You know what I mean? It delivered. Right. i got to tell you, man, I love the New York fans. I love Madison Square. They are tough fans. If you're not for the booze and like, yeah. you know, like maybe it's because it just delivers so much action when there's a when there's a, a lull in the action. But let's talk about the action for a second. Let's pay. Let's give a little credit to this card. Well, you know? started early. My goodness. I mean, we had a wheel kick from Chris Barnett, uh, you know, to John Volante. Like, what was that? That was let's crazy. Talk, let's talk about uh, God. I couldn't believe Gian came in at 260 pounds unbelievable yeah no he's a big guy big guy and uh chris barnett a big guy you know what i call that bowling ball kind of body but uh, a supreme athlete too like don't get it twisted like i remember when roy nelson came into the ufc and he was a bigger guy and everyone sort of wrote him off like chris barnett is is cut from the same sort of mold he's not going to be on you know a bodybuilding magazine anytime soon but he'll he'll beat the shit out of you he makes no bones about it either but you know listen to pull off that spinning wheel kick that he threw uh how many people can do that to begin with unless you're like you know yeah no i mean we see that a lot more something like that right we see it a lot more uh in in modern day mma throne but very rarely do we see it finish fights and i know he had to pound uh john out on the floor uh but i mean the the real damage was done with that kick oh and then the phenomenal backflip landing on his tush and seriously yeah that was one of the best ones i've ever seen what a character what a character And then he's so humble in the end. He makes no bones. This is yeah. what I love, but to be great is he, to be humble. It's such a great quality. And look at he, how he handled himself in his post-fight interviews. He's Made a great guy. Yeah, no, I, I called a couple of his fights uh, down in Florida uh, for a promotion called Island Fights. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to say, like, uh, I saw his stardom before anybody, but it, it was clear when he was fighting the regional circuit that he was going places. And um, I actually watched him. I called a grappling match with him and Yoel Romero. And, and Romero won, but the fact that he was willing to go out there and just, you know, grapple an, a, an Olympic level wrestler in Yoel Romero, it, it says something. And, uh, you know, it, it was his moment to sort of break out and, and showcase his skills. And uh, what better place to do it than the, as you said, the most famous arena in the world in Madison Square Garden. Well, I know, you know, the opponents he's faced not, not be in the top 10, but there's potential if not contender status. Coming yeah, through. no, I mean, you have to slowly build your way up. I mean, yeah. there are more fights than ever. You want to get more fights, I think, in the UFC before you get to that upper echelon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, is he going to be fighting a top 10 fighter next? I don't know. Uh, but if he keeps having performances like this, uh, those contender fights are going to be right around the corner. And moving on, you know, Ireland still shining with some of these great people coming out. You know, we've got Patty coming out, of course, Conor McGregor. But Ian Gary, you know, a new superstar coming out of... Uh, uh, the Emerald Isles. Um, very impressive. Yeah, no, he was phenomenal. Um, and, and, and also another human being as a person, as a personality that I liked. Not yeah. that I don't like the fighters. I love them all. No, but they're standouts in the way they handle themselves. Right. And, and that's the thing, too. You mentioned standouts. Like, it, it, there are so many athletes on a contract with the UFC. And, you know, the, there are so many things. Uh, so many challenges now that I think are a lot uh, harder for these athletes to sort of separate themselves from the pack because the UFC can't focus on everyone the way that they did say 10 years ago, even with a show every single week, you know, the the impetus is really on the athletes to make everyone pay attention. And that is making the most of those 30 seconds that you get an open microphone or when you're on the dais pre or post fight. And uh, you know, it's really important. I think Ian Gary did a a great job at, uh, you know, really putting himself on the map going pay attention to me guys uh, I'm, I'm part of the show here yep totally and then uh moving along um you know i went to bobby green bobby green showing you know al 
comes out like the warrior he is, you know, fights in Madison Square Garden, being from Wontock, yeah. New York, had to be a great moment for him. Bobby Green shining, continuing to uh, continue his win streak. Um, let's Bobby Green's a guy who's just kicking ass and not really like uh, fopping up on the radars maybe as much as he should. He, I know he had a long layoff uh, in between a couple of fights over the past like three years. It's been like right. one fight and then, you know, 15 months off, things like that. But uh, that was a huge win for Bobby Green and uh, one that I, I think uh, we should definitely take note of because as you mentioned, like this guy's streaking. I don't know if he's going to fight for a title anytime soon, but Bobby Green's definitely not going away. He was once retired, but now very much back and, and doing big things. It's amazing when people retire, when they go, you know, you look at Carla Sparza now, she gets better with every fight. You're looking at Bobby Green and, uh, you know, just, I love seeing this because it shows that their passion for what they do and their physicality and mental attitude towards what they do is still yep. at a supreme level. Even if they got to pick it up, get off the canvas and like Rocky said, you know, start moving forward and punching harder than ever. And that's exactly what they're doing. Let's talk about Rockiness, <laughs> Rockiness, um, Chandler Gaethje, probably oh, the greatest man. first round of the year, if not yeah. one of the greatest first rounds ever. Um, I still do not like when I see fighters hold down their hands and take punches in the fifth round, like Michael did. I'm, I'm feeling the pain. I'm feeling the brain, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, but kudos to Michael, friend of the show, friend of mine, Justin, friend of the show. I mean, I'm friends with all the guys, right? unless they don't like me, but, um, kudos to these fighters. I no, mean, a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal performance. And, and one that I got to believe puts Gaethje in a, a good position to maybe uh, fight for a championship uh, relatively soon. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Oliveira and Poirier have some uh, business to settle coming up here on December 11th. But uh, I, I think Gaethje's in a prime position to fight either of those guys, uh, whoever wins. You know, Poirier's already fought once. He'd you know, love to get that opportunity again. Um, looking at Oliveira, you know, we'll see what he has for, for Dust. Um, but but I would like to see Gaethje fight either of those guys. And if the title's on the line, it, it makes it even better. Totally, totally. And uh, kudos to Shane Burgos and, of course, Marlon Barra, you know, winning over. The, oh, man. Uh, Cheeto, dude. Like, Cheeto uh, showed he shine. And, you know, let's face it, Frankie, we all love Frank. How can you not love Frankie? Oh, Hector, man. You know? So I was uh, I was in a bar uh, about three blocks away from MSG doing extra rounds. And uh, it's the first time I'd ever watched a UFC in that sort of setting. And uh, that was the only sort of down part of the night, Bruce. I mean, they were loving yeah. everything. But, uh, you know, Frankie Edgar's an East East Coast guy, you know, fighting out of Jersey. Uh, that that bar was really bummed out and really feeling uh, for, for Frankie. But, man, Cheeto, uh, that that push kick, that uh, teep kick to the face, a la uh, Leota Machida and Randy Couture or, or Anderson Silva over Vitor Belfort, like, that was something else, man. I know. I know. Steven Seagal's taking credit for it. Right, of course. That's what I said to my uh, producers, uh, Frankie and Steve, uh, at Extra Rounds. I was like, oh, Seagal must be, uh, you know, getting getting ready to claim that he, uh, he he told him to do that. I was I was waiting for the news on the internet, but it obviously didn't happen. I guess he didn't watch the fight. No. So, sorry, Steven. I know you're a friend, but I had to make a joke. I, I had dinner with him one time in uh, in Buenos Aires when uh, Leota Machida and he and I and Okay. We were filming a TV commercial and Steven took me out to dinner. Um, doesn't drink, drank about six glasses of fruit juice and everything. It was a fun dinner, you know, hearing and talking film and everything else. But he was talking to me about the kick. And I, I just said, Steven, you know, the beauty of the kick is when you throw that kick, which and I had to say it, which is a kick, you know, you learn as a yellow belt in Taekwondo. Right. It's a very basic. It's not a knockout kick. No, it's not a knockout kick, but the whole secret of it is you're right. You should always, to me, every time I fought or trained, you know, the knee is the gun site. Wherever I put my right. knee is where the kick's going to land. Yep. So if you're lifting up the knee and it comes up at, when you're fighting in the right position, the, the other fighter just doesn't see it. 
Right. You don't see it coming up. Yeah. That's the, that's the key to the kick. And I like the uh, the word wording that you use, like your knee is the gun sight, because oh, you're the, the really the best fighters in the world are able to change that kick's destination, you know, as they throw it. Uh, Mirko Krokop was able to do that with his left kick, whether he'd want to go to the body or the or, or the head, and he would make that sort of split second decision uh, mid throw. I, I don't know if that was the case with uh, with Cheeto Vera, but man, uh, that's the first time I've ever seen him throw that kick in in a UFC fight from what I can remember, and uh, that might be his highlight win right there over a legend in Frankie Edgar, a UFC Hall of Famer in my book. Uh, that that is the win in the moment that uh, Cheeto Vera wanted to get against Jose Aldo. It didn't happen then. Uh, but that win on Saturday night uh, really speaks volumes about where he's going. Absolutely. And it's a real simple thing when aiming that kick. You know, if this is the head and you're throwing the kick at a roundhouse kick, you aim outside the head so you can right. through the head. If this yep. is the head and you're throwing the front kick, you aim at the nose or the forehead so it goes through the head. You know, it's the knee is the gun sight. That's the way I was. I, I just believe that. I, I like it. That. I like it too. Um, I've, I have liked it, except when I got hit by it. So, right, Exactly. Uh, Colby Covington, Kamaru Usman, um, five good round fight. war. Good fight. Good fight. Uh, very good fight. And Kamaru has proven himself to be the dominant monster that he is in the welterweight division. As far as going up in weight, as people have talked about, I am of the attitude, just stay there, dominate. And, you know, but if you want to go up to middleweight, you want to take a shot at, at yeah. Adesanya, which I, I, I don't know. I, I that's that's up for question. That's up to the powers that be at the UFC. But Colby Covington are giving him all the credit in the world. This kid is so tough, so cardio. As Kamaru, we know are. I mean, we yeah. know he's the champion. Yeah. Not, not, I can't say enough about him as a person and as a champion. Colby comes out. Get aside from all Kobe's talk and trash talk and show talk and wrestling talk and everything else. Let's face it, this guy's a true warrior, cardio machine, in shape. Quite frankly, I don't know if he'll ever beat Kamaru Usman or we'll ever see it again, but he's still like the number one contender. I mean, people come up that go through Colby Covington. This is a tough cat. He yeah, might never no. hold the belt, but he might be winning against everybody else I mean, in the division, potentially. I, I hate to say this, and I don't want to write off the rest of the division, but Colby no, might no. be the modern-day Rich Franklin, who could beat everybody but just couldn't beat Anderson Silva. Yeah. I, like, I kind of feel that way for Colby. Uh, you know, th this division is is getting better. Uh, there's going to be more contenders down the way, which is why, in my book, Bruce, I'm with you. I'd like to see Usman stay in the welterweight division, even if there isn't a, a clear number one contender right now. But he wants to be the greatest welterweight welterweight of all time. He wants that goat status there. at 170. No offense to Kamaru. I, I just don't think that he's better historically than George St. Pierre in this moment. So get a couple more title defenses if you want to, you know, really lay claim to that throne. You know, leave no doubt about it because the, these goat conversations, they can go on for days and days and days. And, you know, the, the only times I ever really enjoy uh, talking about those conversations are when it's really clear cut. And George St. Pierre, to me, is still clear cut the best 170 pound fighter that has ever stepped inside the octagon two or three more title defenses though for, for Usman if he's able to run through them the way that he has uh you know the the beginning of this title run then, then maybe he is that uh that man but right now I, I'd like to see him fight a few more times at 70. Yeah I, I I'm with you on all counts as usual um but in this case I I mean I, not in this case I thoroughly agree it's just that what I'm talking about is take the money and run yeah, those paychecks. Yep. Dominate for the next two years. Don't leave the division. Carry your image. Build your brand. Create other revenue streams out of the brand. You know me. I'm thinking about a, a right. picture. 
dominate, 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 go down as the goat, if possible, in your division. Um, take on all comers. If you suffer a loss, if it's not worth a rematch where you can retain your championship again, then maybe right. it's time to think about, hey, you know, I've had my run. Right. Now let me move on. Right. I mean, um, I would love to see him fight at 85, but I, I think, yeah, I, but I think there are contenders there. And I, I don't, I don't think Hamzat Shemaev necessarily deserve a title fight right now. No, uh, I, I think you should have another fight right now. Okay. I love the guy. He's yeah. great. I don't think he deserves a championship fight. Right. He, he might get so it. Much, he might so win too. Honestly, Bruce, he might win. I, I'm he not going to say win, that he, he's, he's not talented enough for it. I, I would just like to see him have another fight against, you know, a top five guy before we put him in there with a, a an Usman. watch his evolutionary process I, yeah. he's great so far let's watch him keep going to you know one two three more fights get his shot right right deservingly so but let's build his personality and let's really get into this fighter well, let's more. make money on the way up let's not let's not yeah. shoot that shot right away and i mean don't get me wrong it would sell pay-per-views it would be a fantastic payday but you could have two or three similar paydays before you put him in that spot uh, for a championship fight, I think. Well, we also have another situation here. Um, what fighter just got hurt that was in a big fight, and he said he would step in? Oh, uh, man, I don't, I don't know. I forget. I read it yesterday. But, you know, he's, he's another fighter that's in shape 365 days a year. He gets a call from Sean or, or Mick. You know, he, bottom line, whoever handles that division, he's going he's gonna to step up. So, okay, we're all fans of his. We want to see his progression, and we will. This Saturday, we've got uh, Holloway and Rodriguez. Great fight. Yeah, a great fight. I will not be there. Um, I did change my schedule around. I will be announcing the Raider game on NBC at 5 oh, great. o'clock awesome. on Sunday. I'm flying to Vegas for that. And then next weekend, I'm going to come in. I'm going to announce uh, the UFC. Um, then I'm very excited about announcing Misha's fight. I missed her last fight. I didn't announce her. And then I'm going to do the Raider game on Sunday. Uh, but as far as this card on Saturday, you know, we've got uh, Ben Rothwell back. Always fun against Marcos Rogerio de Lima. Max and Yair. I just did the Manscaped commercial with Max. We'll talk about that a little later. That's that's funny. Um, Felicia Spencer, you know, continuing her role and reign. Um, it's a good solid card. So again, this is one of those cards we're going to hear. Uh, maybe. Well, I mean, I, I think people shot. are. If anybody's saying that, I mean, because the main event of uh, Yair yeah, Rodriguez and Max Holloway, it's it's money. It could have been on that MSG card oh. and would have fit in just fine. Um, but uh, that's the sort of unfortunate situation the with these. Yeah, yeah, with with these blockbuster uh, sort of events that we just had, it, it's hard to follow there up and not live in the shadow of that. This card's going to be. A brawl for it all. This is a yeah. good card. I'm not going to be there for it, but it's a good card. And you don't have Let's, to buy it on pay-per-view. So what the yeah. hell are you bitching about, people? Don't bitch. Don't bitch. Just watch. Exactly. Um, listen, I want to thank my tailors, my exclusive tailors at King and Bay. They made two beautiful jackets for me. The first jacket I wore, uh, which got a lot of, you know, the internet was, the social media was blowing me up that night. Um, and certainly so. They do such a great job with these Roger Card silk jackets they made. But the first jacket I made was the jacket I was supposed to wear, rather, is the jacket I was supposed to wear that was made for me for Abu Dhabi. Right? Oh, got it. Yeah. And so I brought it in, and then I did the change-up for the pay-per-view. And um, everybody's, not everybody, but a lot of people were saying, what are those designs on that green jacket? What is that? You know, skulls, panda bears. Right. Um, it was more of a skull look. Okay. But if you're into panda bears, you could have called it a panda bear. You know, it's <laughs> art. Those they're, they're literally pieces of art. And, you yeah, know, one, one, one thing about art is it's it's sort of up to the interpreter. So if yeah. one person sees a panda bear, the other person sees a skull. Well, neither of you are wrong. Kind of like the Rorschach test. You know, you hold up the thing. You know, what are you looking at? Right. <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
All right, let's get uh, out of our beloved UFC, which we'll always be into, if that sounded correctly. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Oh, man. Big fan. Not saying I'm not still a big fan of him. As a, my dad always said one thing. He said, when you watch an actor on screen, don't get caught up in their personal life. Okay. I'm not, I don't know Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, I, Matt LaFleur has called me and invited me to the uh, Green Bay games. I, I, I would love to go out and see one, you know, when I can. And I'm a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. I've always been a, a fan of the Packers, even though my Eagles are my team and the Raiders are my team. You know, I split it all around evenly so. Um, but you know what? It's just he's getting he's getting raked across the coals, you know, but deservedly so, I think. Yeah. I mean, for for a guy that was so vocal about the Packers not treating him the way that he wanted to be treated. Right. Um, he's got some egg on his face here because he didn't do his part to make sure that he was following protocols and, and doing the things that are hard, fast rules. So uh, I don't know. It's it's difficult for me on the outside looking in, and maybe it's the underlying Vikings fan in, in me somewhere deep down inside. But, yeah, I, I think he made a mistake, and, uh, you know, he's got to pay the consequences. Well, he is. You know, he was dropped by uh, one of the health organizations. He had a uh, obviously probably a lot a big money uh, spokesperson deal with. They dropped him right away. Pervia or Privia Health, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the Packers have been docked and fined three hundred thousand dollars. The NFL, the NFL has fined uh, also Aaron fourteen thousand dollars for his COVID violation. And this is the kind of thing that you know will continue to haunt you. It'll continue as as much role model status well, he had. It's gonna it's gonna be there in a in a dark way. But you know what? It's like Johnny United said, as I said before. See on the field superstar. He gets back on the field and performs. He's a he's an NFL. Sure who is supposed to perform at his job, and he's one of the best ever. This is the question, though, is like, what does this say about him as a person and as a leader? Because the fact that he sort of took a shortcut here and, uh, you know, didn't necessarily do what he was supposed to do, where does that begin and end? Is this an isolated situation? Maybe it is. And I guess we have to give him the benefit of the doubt until, you know, proven otherwise. But, uh, on, you know, deep down inside, if I'm someone that wanted to maybe sign Aaron Rodgers, uh, I would look back at this and be like, well, that was sort of a, a really big F up. Uh, would this be a liability if I brought him to my organization? I think that most NFL teams are going to look at the skill factor and say, we'll take him. But then you have other people, sponsors where, you know, obviously, players of a status as well as other people in sports entertainment make even more money in their right. sponsorships than I mean, they make what they do. That's where it's going to hit them hard. You can essentially, uh, you know, piss off everybody in the league and the Dallas Cowboys will still sign you to a contract. Yeah, so they'll still sign you, that. but will Previa Health give you another seven-figure deal? No. Well, you know, uh, I don't know if he necessarily needs it, believe it or not. No, probably not. Time cures all ails. People have a, a lack of memory after a certain time. But anyway, aside from all that, not good, Aaron. That's not the way to handle it. You don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. Simple as that. Uh, Halle Berry um, was at the show, and of course, she put the belt around Rose. And um, Halle and I were talking. She's what do you mean, her- Jackie Justice? <laughs> She's having her premiere of her movie. Yeah, Bruce with, that's uh, the character uh, named character, Jackie yeah. Justice. Yeah, it's a Saturday night. I just got an invitation to go to it, and I and this is what I like. It's at the Chinese Theater here in in Hollywood, and Halle told me she was going to invite me when I saw her Saturday night, and the, and. Lo and behold, the invite came through. But um, this is what COVID society is now. Everybody has to wear a mask. Everybody has to show a vaccine card. And you've got to show a uh, negative COVID test within 48 hours of attending the premiere. I got to tell you, after going through COVID, I'm perfectly fine with that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, uh, anybody that's been really affected and, and had to go through COVID personally, uh, you don't find them complaining too much about it. It's the people no. that have sort of been uh, ambivalent to it all and haven't been forced to sort of, you know, stare COVID in the face themselves that tend to be on the side of like, well, whatever, you know, I don't necessarily yeah. need to do this and this is stupid. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm rules are rules, man. Like going back to like what we talked about with Aaron Rodgers, like just do what you're asked to do and... Yep. 99% of the time when you follow the rules, everything's going to be just fine. Just, just yeah. do it. It sucks. I get it. I don't want to do it, but you just do it. Cause that's what you do. Well, it's like this. You don't want to do it, but do you want to get it? Okay. Right. Nobody wants to get it. Nope. Nobody wants to get it. Take it from me. You don't right. want to get it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, a couple little news stories here. Not that we're not talking about the news right now. Uh, this, you know, we talk about the lottery all the time, how they blow their money. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of a, a thing. There's even like a show about it, like how the lottery winning the lottery ruined yeah. my life and how families are suddenly, you know, loan me this, loan me that. Yeah. A woman was arrested in New York uh, and charged a connection. She didn't borrow the money. She didn't get given the money. She stole it. She she was charged a connection with cashing in her cousin. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> With cashing in her cousin's $1 million winning lottery prize ticket and keeping the money. Oh, my. What the heck? Well, how do you prove that? Well, her, the, the person was asked by her cousin last year to cash in the winning lottery ticket because he wanted to remain anonymous. Yeah, I mean, you, you can do that. You can cash in. I mean, what I would do if I wanted to remain anonymous, especially if it's a big payday like that, you go hire an attorney. And the attorney can set up a trust that you're not even, you know, publicly named on and you take you. care of it that way. I'm with you. But the average person doesn't think about that right away. I mean, I'm a below average person, Bruce. And I just thought of that right well, away. You're, you're in this low percentage that would even think about that. <laughs> that's because I hung out with you, Bruce. That's that's why I would think about that. Well, her cousin agreed to take 50,000 in exchange for claiming the prize. And she just kept it all. She just took it all. I mean, I hate to say this, but I, is she necessarily in the wrong? Because, I mean, once you hand off the ticket to cash it in, it's sort of an exchange of ownership in a roundabout way. Well, uh, the defendant, you know, just. I mean, she's, you said defendant. So I assume this is being, you know, uh, oh, yeah, pursued legally. The district attorney's involved now. You know, yeah. it's just like a he said, he said, she said situation because your name is not on the lottery ticket. I know? hate to say this, but a million dollars. No offense. That's a lot of money. I'm not saying that's not. Million dollars cuts a lot of family ties. Right, but okay? it's also not enough money, in my opinion, to try to have to go through all of this anonymously. Like, I mean, maybe this person has a lot of stuff in their life that having money would just really complicate everything if people knew about it. But uh, I don't know why you would open yourself up to to these sort of vulnerabilities. Uh, and and I don't know, man. Like, I think it's kind of crazy that uh, she just went for it all. She just tried to steal it. That's well, crazy. If there's a good part of this, the police were able to recover more than 317,000 of the stolen funds. Wait, so when you win a million dollars, they just hand it all over to you? I mean, obviously after taxes. You have a choice. You take it off. If I'm not incorrect, you take it payments over time or you take it with taxes taken out. But a million seems like maybe you're not necessarily getting paid over time. Like, I don't know. Like, obviously, if you win like 300 million, there's like a cash lump sum. And then there's like a sum. Right. But there's also an annuity. I'm thinking a million dollars, Bruce. They might just, you know, cut that out in two checks or one check right then and there because i mean what are we talking about taxes wise if you win a million dollars what are you walking away with like six hundred thousand yeah close to six hundred thousand you're but you're going to wind up paying roughly about 48 uh, percent. so right so percent. so you're going to get that like i don't think a check in one lump sum 
of six hundred thousand is is too much. Like you're probably getting that in one payment. It's listen, personal perception is reality. It's a matter of how they want to deal with it. And obviously that didn't deal with it correctly. Just go cash the just cash. I would never give a ticket to anybody. Well, here's my question. Who paid the taxes? Like when she took the the money, did she like go through her cousin's name or whatever? Yeah, and then yeah. just, that's, okay. That's so what I'm gathering here is that she wow. wanted to be in her name, pay the taxes and then keep 50 grand for herself. And, and then just give a loan to your family member, which is non-taxable. And that's it. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's... We'll see. It's an interesting story. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son is getting, he's had problems. His son's been in issues. Stabbed his neighbor. Now he's what? getting jail time. Yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's son got, is getting jail time for stabbing his neighbor. Man, you got to be in a really scary state of mind to want to stab a person. You know what I mean? Well, I don't know the exact situation and the way it happened, but it was, a, oh, excuse me. It was, a, he stabbed him with a hunting knife in an argument over trash cans. What the frig? Seriously? What? Yeah. Okay, like I, they're very like I, I don't, I don't know. He's, a, he's arrested on uh, three counts of assault with a deadly weapon and assault uh, carrying a dirk or dagger, which is illegal where he's at. Over trash cans. Over trash cans and inflicting great uh, bodily harm. Oh, Kareem, you've been through a few things in your life, and you know you got to deal with this. But you know this is life; this is how it is. Someone did rip off the uh, cover of my trash can. I don't know why. I don't want to stab that person. Before, no, I don't want to stab them. But I, I would like my cover back if you're out there, a hole. Yeah. Get it, or T's going to be out there with a. No, no, no. It takes a lot of work. I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to bitch on your podcast about it. Well, you know how I like to poke fun myself in the TV commercials and things that I do. Of course. Um, they just released the man, the newest Manscaped commercial I did. With, All right. With Holloway, you know, which is a lot of fun to work with him. Max is Max is pretty cool. We, were we can we can actually uh, play it on the way out. So uh, when we end the show, we'll play that. Oh, cool! And I'll try to get you the Blue Chew commercial. Did you see the one I did with Cody? Uh, no, I, I saw the, uh, picture, the Instagram video that you took, uh, when you were filming it, but I have not seen the end product. All right. Let me see if I have it in my files to send that. Maybe you can tag that on to the end of the show too. Yeah, Very, funny. Very funny. I work with a, a man who works with me on a company named Garrett Marciano. He's really, really great at what he does. We I know Garrett. Him. Garrett came and saw me in Vegas when we were doing extra rounds at the oh, MGM. Great. great guy. Great guy. So we did four blue shoe commercials, right? Two mm -hmm. with Cody, two with Cub Swanson and Kendra. And um, Cody and his girlfriend, and uh, they're gonna they release they pick the one they want to release first. I think they're gonna release the other two or three over time. Uh, funny, here I'm Manscape commercial. I'm I'm being a spokesman for, and then I guess once you do that, then you pop a blue chew and have a great night. So there you go. go. There you party. go. Below the belt. That's below the belt, Puff. Yeah, that's your new TV show, Below the Belt. Yeah. There you go. All right, TJ, that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have much to say other than uh, check out Extra Rounds, which you can watch uh, the entire 100-episode archive over on UFC Fight Pass. We are live generally uh, Wednesdays or Thursdays at 5 p.m. Pacific. Uh, you can watch us uh, on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash UFC Fight Pass. Or if you want to check out the uh, audio uh, podcast version, you can download that wherever you get your podcasts. Very cool. And uh, I am going to... Go and like I said, I'll be doing the Raiders game on NBC. If you're tuning in, I'll be opening up the game this weekend. And everything's going great. It's time energy. As I said, we'll be here in the United States, first on Amazon starting next month. So enjoy your it's time. Take a puncher's chance. Have a nice holidays. Enjoy. It is getting close. What is Thanksgiving's two weeks away? Yeah, my 38th birthday, two weeks away. Wow. Well, happy birthday, pre-birthday. We'll talk about it more on the show. But God, the holidays, I can't believe how fast time flies. 
I still feel like we missed a whole year with COVID, though. You know what I mean? So, like, I, 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 three years. I, I feel like time has gone by really fast, but it was also simultaneously drugged really slowly. So, I don't, I don't know. It's it's weird. Well, as long as it doesn't drug slowly because you're on drugs, everything's okay. Hey, I mean, that's how some people have gotten through this COVID-19 not the way world. you roll. I know no, it's not me. Way. It's not me, but, uh, you know, to each their own. All right. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Have a great week. Enjoy the UFC this Saturday. Like I said, I will not be in the octagon, but I will see you the following weekend. But we'll talk more about that next week on its time. So great to have the two-time strawweight champion, the amazing Rose Namajunas on the show. I can't thank her enough for coming on. TJ, enjoy yourself. All my best to you and your family. Everybody out there, set your goals, write them down. Make sure you're fully knowledgeable of what you're doing. So when you step on that path, you can perform and be the best you can be. Because if you're doing that, then you're winning. And that's what we're all about on this time radio. It's about winning and being the best you can be. Have a great week. Enjoy your weekend. And I will see you next week. Buffer out. Big cheers. No fears forever, folks. And thank you again for all your cameos and all your video orders coming into BruceBuffer.com. You're keeping me busier than ever. And I love every minute of it. Thank you. The Lawnmower 4.0 featuring skin safe technology, a powerful 7,000 RPM motor, and it's waterproof! Security Outdoor. Go to manscaped.com and order your Lawnmower 4.0 today! Mmm, last night was so amazing. Hell yeah, it was. What's up, Bruce? You're going for round number two? You know it. Brought to you by Blue Chew. Do it and do it!